Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CMNF Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everybody. Will Sullivan here with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host, Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Amanda Gorman, the founder and chief clinical officer of Nest Collaborative. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, thanks to you both for the invitation. Really excited to be here and, and chat with you both. We're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about how you found yourself where you are today in your career. Oh, isn't that a great question? Um, you know, I started my career in the emergency room at New York Presbyterian. I was an ER nurse for uh, a little over eight years, um, made my way out to the Bay Area as a travel nurse, uh, fell in love out there, if any of y'all have been there, um, and stayed and decided to finish my APRN in pediatric primary care out at UCSF, um, planned and did go into pediatric primary care and was uh, working in a, a clinic in their general hospital out there, um, seeing newborn babies. Um, very early on as a nurse practitioner, I was a bit green. Um, all I actually saw were newborn babies that had been discharged early, meaning that they had uneventful birth courses. So we would see them back in clinic on day of life two or three, um, really just to check their weight and something we call bilirubin, which is a naturally trending uh, data point. And I'd hand baby back and every single mom would go, can you help me feed the baby? And I would say, no, I have absolutely no idea how to help you breastfeed and just realized really quickly that we had this gap. Um, but at the time, I only really personally felt affected because I wasn't really good at doing my job. Um, it really wasn't until I gave birth for the first time, which was about three years later out there at San Francisco um, at Kaiser and realized despite all my resources, being in healthcare, uh, being in a breastfeeding feeding friendly city, uh, being at the pinnacle of prevention in terms of healthcare systems, uh, that if I was struggling this much um, to breastfeed and with all of the resources that I had, with the cash to pay out of pocket, which I did, um, what is everyone else doing? And wh who are we kidding? We're telling all of these families to breastfeed and we've got all these, these currents working against them. So, um, you know, I did this again three years later on the East Coast with my second child. It was the same rigmarole. And, and really, as I think a woman scorned, I decided I needed to learn more about the problem, uh, looked at the variables, uh, looked at the evidence. Fortunately, we had a lot of research with respect to breastfeeding and what works, what doesn't work, and, and what does actually get women to breastfeed a little longer. Um, and that's really where Ness came from. Um, but I certainly had no intentions ever of starting a company or being in this kind of venture-backed health tech world that we're in now. Um, but that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> That's really, really great story, man. And so, so how, you know, rolling into, into Nest Collaborative. So how's that roll you into, or the features, the capabilities that, you know, your platform brings? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, we're providing an evidence-based model of care that's really based on, um, well-researched and documented interventions proven to increase the duration of exclusive and or non-exclusive breastfeeding. So we're ensuring that we're following the evidence, engaging families directly from their medical homes. Uh, that collaborative piece of Nest Collaborative is essential in moving the needle on breastfeeding rates um, because we really need, need to provide more comprehensive education as it applies to each family. So patient-centered care is, is really important, um, which not only means 
teaching families about how breastfeeding works, but looking at uh, doing a more precise risk assessment. What is it that applies to this particular family? Is it a surgical history that's significant, uh, such as a lumpectomy? Um, is this a first-time mom, fourth-time mom, uh, going back to work at two weeks or not going back to work? Um, there are a lot of psychosocial components that go into uh, the plan of care um, that currently we don't see really happening in most models. Um, but even on top of that, it's the continuity of care with the primary care providers, pediatricians and OBs, because that buy-in from them is also essential to making sure our lactation plan of care for families is going to work um, because we all need to be advocating centrally for patients. Um, we utilize validated screening tools, um, really looking and scanning for other comorbidities as they apply to the perinatal period and to lactation success. That's everything from safe infant sleep, uh, and uh, SIDS prevention to maternal mental health screenings, IPV, interpersonal violence, all sorts of things uh, as they apply to this per uh, period uh, that can impact not only mom and baby's health, but successful breastfeeding. Um, yeah, and, and, and really we're providing a model and, and sources of care that can be rolled out preventatively on schedule and that acute care offering. So we make sure that mom can get help today within an hour for those acute issues, because what we know is one hour, three hours, or three days in a delay um, is going to lead to early termination. So that's kind of the the essence of what we offer in both capacity of individual and then group, group visits as well. Yeah. So in a telehealth solution, how do you ensure that patients receive high quality care and how do you also handle emergency situations that may arise? Yeah. Um, you know, I can say this is where kind of my nursing background uh, kind of took over in in creating Nest Collaborative. Um, first of all, quality control is essential when you're looking at any type of healthcare delivery. Uh, so we've created a care model that accounts not only for that patient-centered model and individualized provider approach, but really ensures that we're providing consistent care, whether you're seeing this provider on a Tuesday or this provider last minute on the Saturday morning. Um, we use the same quality improvement and quality assurance program uh, methodologies that you'd see in hospitals, in outpatient care, um, looking at the data uh, and, and revisiting it, looking at patient satisfaction, provider satisfaction, um, ensuring we have uh, meaningful documentation. Um, and ensuring that those most important points for evidence-based care and guidelines are being utilized across the board. And that's, you know, in-service trainings with our providers, continuing education, um, training, constant training, vetting, uh, auditing, um, just the same same tools that we'd be looking at in any healthcare setting. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, I was an ER nurse. So, um, we were taught CYA, cover your ass charting. <laughs> so you've got to assume that you, something bad is going to happen and you have to have a, a plan. So we implement the same uh, protocols, policies that you'd see in any setting. Um, we have a very low threshold uh, for concern, being that not only are we telehealth, but we're dealing with a very fragile uh, population, newborn babies. Um, and we make sure that we have all the pieces in place to get care urgently or emergently, or emergently at the drop of a hat. So general telehealth protocols, um, but more specifically guidelines and protocols that we're uh, training on every day and making sure that our entire team uh, is ready to implement anytime. So, so that's really amazing, Amanda. So, so you're talking about the lactation world, but then you're talking about a whole continuum of care, pre and post 
So, I mean, give us an example of how that interaction, because it's, you're bringing the lactation consultant into like really a critically needed area for patient-centered care, and then in essence, like reeling in the other, you know, team members. So what, what's like, you mentioned Billy Rubin before, is that like a good example of evidence-based care that's needed, you know, as you're breastfeeding in and out of the hospital? Like, what, what would be a good example of like how that continuum of care is working? Yeah. So when, when you look at lactation care, we, I, I kind of picture a solar system. We have all of these linked stakeholders, right? First of all, we have mom and baby and we have the lactation consultant, but then we have baby's primary provider, the pediatrician. We have mom's primary provider, which is typically the OB uh, or midwife. Uh, we have the health and uh, health insurance providers who are paying for their coverage. We have the hospital systems that are delivering these babies. Um, and then we have those prenatal OBs and the postpartum pediatric providers. And then we also have postpartum OB care. Um, they're all linked um, and we all need to know what's going on. So Billy Rubin is a really great example. This is something that's monitored very closely um, after delivery and is actually mitigated by breastfeeding. The more successful typically uh, a baby is at breastfeeding, the lower their uh, chances are for creating a situation where uh, they are jaundiced and need a readmission and need treatment for it. Um, it would behoove us all to make sure mom and baby are successfully breastfeeding if that's the path they've chosen and be able to interconnect. So if I, as a lactation consultant, turn on that monitor and I see progressively growing yellow or jaundiced skin, that I know exactly who this pediatrician is. I know exactly the hospital at which they birthed at, and I can get that information not only back to them electronically immediately, but worst case scenario, we can get that baby to care um, immediately. More importantly, though, if we've provided the education prenatally and we've seen mom and she actually knows what jaundice is, she knows the implications of hyperbilirubinemia, and she actually knows how to intervene and advocate for herself in the first 48 hours to prevent it, we are off to a much better start. Um, so that's, that, that's an example of of why it's important for us all to be linked, why education is key, uh, why getting ahead of these issues, um, you know, prevention is key, an apple a day. Um, but yeah, it, it's, and it's nice. It's, it's, we're, we're decreasing, I think, a stigma that's been placed on lactation service providers for a long time. And, and that's a whole nother podcast episode. Um, but what's important is that we are uh, providing credibility back to their specialty in the eyes of these providers, because it all benefits frankly, two generations. Um, and specifically women, I think the impact of breastfeeding is not nearly spoken of. Um, you know, we know it's good for baby, but it actually is very good for mom's short-term and long-term health. So when we get better education, particularly in the postpartum period, she doesn't have any care between delivering a baby and six weeks. And that's typically when she'll go back to the OB for follow-up. There is a lot going on with her body during those six weeks. Um, she's recovering from delivering a child, and she's also expected to produce and maintain the most optimal nutrition for growing and feeding a human, which is not necessarily um, is something she knows how to do or expected, especially this demographic. We're giving birth later. We're giving birth farther away from the generations that may have raised us. We have less siblings than generations ago did. So we haven't necessarily seen our aunts, our uncles, our cousins breastfeeding. So at 38 years old, when I'm living 3,000 miles from my family, 
I have no idea what's going on or how to do this. Um, and so we're, we're just relying on too many um, uh, non-reputable resources to learn about this um, when really it should be in the hands of our, our medical home team for, for providing the education. Amanda, it's so true. And the work that you're doing is super impressive to fill that gap in the healthcare industry. So where do you see Nest Collaborative going in the next five years? Um, I think first and foremost, I would love to see our impact um, ahead of us. Um, I'd like to see that all families have an engaged lactation resource from the pregnancy period through weaning um, and that we're, we're utilizing lactation resources preventatively like we do in every other healthcare specialty. Um, and and I, I just would like to, to see that, that we've had that kind of impact, um, not only on how care is delivered, um, and that it's an opportunity for all families, regardless of where they live, rural, urban, Medicaid, uh, you know, combination feeding, whatever, that we all have that opportunity. Um, but I'd love to see that the data continues to support um, that model. So I'd love to see that we maintain 85% initiation rates across the U.S., but I'd like to see that we have much higher breastfeeding rates at three and six and 12 months, which currently we just have a real slide drop from those who try to breastfeed and those who are able to maintain it. Um, and then I think I think we'll at that point have so much more of an opportunity to utilize and leverage the data that we have on who's breastfeeding, who's not, who's struggling, when are they struggling, which hospital systems have better rates and why, uh, what clinical programs are uh, seeing better outcomes. Um, do we have a much more diverse population of lactation consultants? That's a huge problem. Have we reduced barriers to entry for lactation specialists? Right now, we just don't have enough. We don't have um, a diverse set and we have a lot of ba uh, barriers to getting more um, lactation consultants into the industry. So I'd like to see that Nest Collaborative um, is starting to uh, make changes on that on that end as well. Um, yeah, and, and, and who knows, there's a lot of, of work to be done in maternal child health. Um, and so I'd like to see it at that point for us to be able to spearhead some more preventive models, um, just tackling other kind of perinatal concerns. That's really... It's really amazing, especially, you know, the way you you discuss it, it's really that focus is the maternity, you know, infant care, not necessarily lactation, but you're seeing like the critical core of it. So, you know, for, for me, I have three kids, but, you know, each time you kind of come through, you talk to your OB practice or the hospital and you talk about, you know, what's the C-section rate, you know, and that's like something like pretty quick that they can answer and give you if you're trying to avoid a c-section for example or like during the actual labor and delivery but on the lactation side it's you know you're never talking to anybody about success rate and how you avoid these other like critical issues billy rubin being something i've experienced and you know after having a child in NICU, which is like it's a totally different aspect of like how you get the latch and How's Billy Rubin if they've been in like the NICU enclosed like with no windows and all so all these different modifications that come in and there's no data for the parents to really like discuss on this is why I want to talk to these people versus like your primary. So it's really mm -hmm. cool how you're bringing that solar system together. Really, yeah. really cool. And in and, and like like you just said, the science is there. There's a reason to be having these conversations. Um and so I, I think, you know, 
to to your question, I hope that in five years that we have even more buy-in and promotion of, of breastfeeding in general from those key uh, hospital systems and the the OBs who who we work with a ton and they get it they understand the problem they just lack the resources so I just hope that we've got system pro, uh, plugins uh, more comprehensively across the U S than we do right now. Awesome, well Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate all the work you and your team are doing. Can't wait to see what Nest Collaborative does next. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, letting us share our story. Thank you, Amanda. And that's another episode. Let's cover that.